mentioned before, uh, I love to get confirmation that we're on the right track. And I believe I got that two or three times already during this morning service. Started out, Ronnie read one of the scriptures that I'm going to be reading in my message, and he didn't know what my message was. And then the song, uh, one of the songs Cassie um, picked out about, and we sung about freedom. Um, as we get in the message, you know, you'll know that um, uh, the Lord has ordained this service and ordered this service. And we're going to agree and believe that this blood clot that our brother back here has got in his leg is gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, when you pray and ask God for something, you ought to expect it to happen. You should expect it to happen. Amen. And uh, so we, we do that today. Hallelujah. And if there's any other needs, amen, today. Uh, I know God's able to meet those needs. Hallelujah. We're going to go to the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Everybody remember, uh, we appreciate uh, our, our church elders and uh, trustees. Um, Brother Bobby is one. He, he is the only ordained elder that we have. Uh, and uh, Brother, Brother Kyle back there. And uh, be in prayer. Um, uh, Sister um, uh, Edna's been really been going through some bad times. Has been keeping them out of service, but uh, she's going. They're going to try to get into the afternoon service. I've been told. So let's pray that they will be able to be here for the afternoon service. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter one verses twelve and thirteen. Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Everybody say remembrance. Let's pray. Father, we come today, we thank you and we praise you for this service. Thank you uh, for the blessings you have given us as a church and as a people. And I'm asking God that you will anoint us today and help us to minister this word as you would have us uh, minister today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I want to talk to you today on a subject titled, Things We Should Always Remember. Things We Should Always Remember. And talking about always remember, I will remember you help me, you pray that a pastor will remember that I'm the only one between you and eating. Hallelujah. <laughs> And there's some good stuff back there, I promise you. Hallelujah. But today, as we've already said, is a day of celebration for CFC. Uh, 
being our 71st homecoming. Homecoming day in a church always brings back memories. Amen. When we have a homecoming, we have memories. And it's that fact that gave me and led me to the day's subject, things we should remember. Um, I was thinking about Brother Pat when he was up here about his uh, her, uh, his mom and dad both that used to be uh, members and um, part of the church. And his dad at one time uh, for um, several years was an assistant pastor for Brother Hale. And uh, uh, when we gather together in times like this, uh, it stirs up our mind. And uh, my, um, my mind is exploding with them. Um, Memories of different ones and those that used to sit on the pews that are not with us any uh, longer. And, uh, you know, but talking about memories, we do a lot of kidding of ourselves about remembering, or should I say the lack of it. Um, I remember a, a poor husband one time kept digging himself deeper in the hole he had started out by forgetting about his, his wife's birthday. He had already forgotten about their anniversary a few months earlier. And so as uh, the husband stood there, uh, the discontented wife uh, told her husband with sniffling and, and crying, you don't ever remember things that are important to me. What do you mean, honey? Well, she said, for instance, I bet you don't even remember my favorite flower. And he stops and he scratches his head and he said, well, I, I believe I remember that, dear. Uh, he said, ain't it Martha White? <laughs> uh, that was not the kind of flower she was referring to. So he was digging himself deeper in the ditch, in the hole. And that's about as bad as, as a Texan whose memory is so bad that he even forgot the Alamo, you know. And uh, so I stand before you today, definitely know, as I'm talking about memories and preaching about memories, that mine's not all that good either. Hallelujah. The older I get, the worse it comes. Well, uh, uh, we might get by with letting some things slide, but on the other hand, there are other things that we must never forget. Hallelujah. There are some things that we should never forget. As a matter of fact, the Bible makes it clear that God places a tremendously high importance and priority on our remembering certain things. And with that in mind, I'm going to share with you three different things today that we should never forget. Three things that we should never forget. You might forget other things, but there are three things that as you as a child of God should always keep in your mind to the forefront of your mind, and never forget. And the first one of those things that we're going to talk about 
is the price that was paid for our salvation. Church, you can't afford never to forget the price that was paid for your salvation. That's one thing that you better hold on to and you better grip tight and always remember. Don't never forget the price that was paid for your salvation. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 reads like this. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. I don't want to never forget the price that was paid for me at Calvary. The blood that Jesus shed. Hallelujah. I received so much of my blessings today because of that blood. I received salvation for my soul. I received healing for my body. I received a renewing in my mind. And one day I'm going to receive heaven as my home. And it's all because of the blood. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank God for the blood. Glory to God. Peter said that we have not been redeemed. Now, the word redeemed, it means to buy back or to set free by paying a price. Now, if you study history, the Roman Empire, which was in control back in the days of this writing, they had millions of slaves, millions of men and women and children that had, that had been uh, sold into slavery. Matter of fact, we, we understand and know that uh, the population of Rome itself, when you had the whole population, there were more slaves who lived in Rome than free people. History tells us that. It had something to do with this downfall. But... If some kindly benefactor were willing and able, he could redeem a slave. That is, he could pay the price that the slave owner demanded so that slave could be um, made free. And those of us who are Christians, were prior to our um, conversion, we were the slaves of sin. Can you say amen? The Bible tells us that all have sinned and that the wages of sin is death. Oh, glory to God. The emphasis being on a spiritual death, which means separation from God. Sin had us all in its grip. We all were puppets of the devil. Amen. The devil told us to lift one hand and we lifted it. Or the other hand and he lifted it. But thank God woo, for the freedom. Thank God for the redemption through the blood that was paid with the, for us at Calvary. We were defeated in this life and bound for eternal hell. But the Bible goes on the same. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. John 8 and 36 says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, 
you shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. And Brother Bobby, I'm, I'm glad that he just didn't set us free. He made us free. Hallelujah. Big difference, big difference. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ redeemed us uh, from the servitude of sin and the and sin's judgment, uh, which is death, uh, on the cross uh, in a way that is beyond our comprehension. Jesus somehow took upon himself in one unimaginably torturous bundle all the punishment that you and I deserve for all of our sins. Amen for time in eternity. I say this so often, but it's so true. He was hung up for our hang-ups. Hallelujah. He never sinned one bit. He never had no guile found in his mouth, the Bible said, but yet he took on the sins of the whole world for you and me. I think about Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 when he prophesied about Jesus coming. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. You can't afford to forget the price that was paid for your salvation. Hallelujah. If you and I, well, let me give you a story. I don't know if you've ever heard of this name or not. You may not have unless you've spent any time studying church history. But there was a man in the past century by the name of Gypsy Smith. This man became a great evangelist uh, in the 1800s. And he affected millions of lives. Um, uh, and he just constantly was running all his life once Jesus saved him and, and made him free. He was constantly doing everything he could. He, he was a part of the beginning of the, uh, the uh, Salvation Army um, and worked with the... Uh, uh, the man by the name of Booth who started the Salvation Army, he was constantly going at it. He spent, I think about what Apostle Paul said, I will gladly spend and be spent. Amen, for your sake and for the sake of the gospel. Old Gypsy Smith was an evangelist, a, a preacher of the gospel who did just that. Somebody asked him one time when he got to be up well up in age, he still didn't slow down. He kept on going. He still was pushing. Everything that he could do for the kingdom of God, he was there. Somebody asked him one time, how was it that he was still so enthusiastic about the Lord? And you know, have you ever noticed some people when they come in and, and they first get right with God and God fills them with the Holy Ghost, how excited they are. I mean, they're just filled with enthusiasm. And uh, some people carries that with them down through the years. But sadly, some people, they, uh, they, for, they forget the enthusiasm. They get to a point in place they ain't quite as excited as they used to be. Well, old Gypsy Smith, he was not like that. He still was excited. He still had the enthusiasm. He could still say with great joy, come church time, uh, hallelujah, uh, 
amen, with joy. I'm, I'm ready to go to the house of God. I'm ready to go to the house of the Lord. So somebody asked him, son, after all these years, and now you're an old man, you still got that enthusiasm. And when that man asked old Gypsy Smith about that, they could see a tear start to trickle down his face. And Gypsy Smith said, if there is anything of effectiveness in my life and ministry, it's because I've never lost the wonder of it all. I've never lost the wonder of it all. Church, this pastor tells you with an honest heart today, if you and I ever get to the point that we are casual about what happened on that cross at Calvary, if we ever begin to take it for granted, if we need to, if we, if we, if we get casual about it, Amen. And we lose the wonder of Calvary. We need to get on our knees and stay there until we recapture the wonder of it all. Hallelujah is the truth anyhow. We should always remember the price that was paid for our salvation. I told you a while ago when I first got up here, this coming December will be seven years since we've been here at this locale, but I still, when I walk around, when I was here yesterday and we, and we was here, different ones were working and doing various things. And I look around at, at the church and the buildings and the property and everything we have. I still have that amazement. Amen. And I said, God, I had to pray. I prayed earlier this morning. I said, God, you've been so good to us. You've been so good to us. I stood and told our congregation when we was going to FAC in the, on Sunday afternoons, as we, were, as we were looking this way and looking that way and trying to figure out what we were going to do, the Holy Ghost stirred my spirit. And I stood and told our congregation, I said, God's going to do something. And when it's said and done, it's going to be something so marvelous and so great that can't nobody stand and take the credit for it but God. It was all God. Let me tell you, you're here this morning alive and breathing because of God. Hallelujah. You're going to take your next breath because of God. You're going to be able to eat when you're hungry because of God. You're going to be able to get up on your seat and walk around because of God. There ain't nothing, amen, you can do on your own. It's all because of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got to move on. There's another... There's something else, the second thing that, that we can't afford ever to forget. Not only the price that was paid for our salvation, but number two, we should always remember the promises God has given to us. Hallelujah. Don't ever forget the promises God has made you as an individual and for us as a people. Second Peter 1 and 4, this is what it says. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great 
and precious promises, that by these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world <clears throat> through lust. Church, don't never forget the promises God has made. Hallelujah. Don't never forget those promises. Now, the Bible is full of them, and there's no way I can talk about all the promises, but I'm going to bring two or three to your remembrance very quickly. Matthew chapter 28, verses, 20, uh, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. He told the disciples, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's a promise he made that I will be with you always. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. We should never forget the promises that God has made us. I would say the first promise we are going to remember is one of the most important to us that we are going through all the, when you're going through all the struggles in this life, when you're going through the battles and everything that you have to go through in life. And there and is a promise he would always be with us, even up to the end of the age. Church, that one promise was intended to evaporate every one of your fears, every one of your doubts, and all of your worry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I say to you, child of God, I say to you who claim to be a Christian, hallelujah, why is there any fear in your life? Why is there any doubt in your life? Why is there any worry? Did not Jesus promise you, I will be with you always? When you believe and know that no matter what, no matter where you're at and what you're up against, Christ is and will always be with you. No matter where you are and what you find yourself up against, keep that promise that he said, I will be with you always, always. That should eliminate all your fear, all your doubts, all your worry. I've got to move on quickly. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I'm, I'm going to slow down right here just for a moment. 
I want everybody in this house to let that sink in. I want you to really think about that. That's, that's another promise. That's another promise he's made you. John 14 and 14. If you ask anything, what does anything mean? <laughs> anything. If you ask anything in my name, I'll think about it. you ask anything in my name, I'll give it some consideration. If you ask anything in my name, now this, this, this in the words are read, so it's Jesus talking. So if you ask anything in my name, I'll call the Father and the Holy Ghost over here and we'll have a conference and we'll discuss it. Huh? Huh? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What a promise. What a promise. What a promise. What a promise. If you ask anything in my name, anything, when the church of the living God really starts believing that there will be no mountain, no obstacle, no live hell that will ever stop us or even slow us down from the mandate God has given us. Now you heard what I said. If the church of Jesus Christ, the church of the living God ever starts believing, I'm going to tell you, we just simply don't believe that. We don't believe John 14 and 14. We don't believe that. You need to get a mirror and you need to look at yourself in that mirror and you say, you don't believe that. How can I say that? Because we don't live like it. We don't live like it. We believe every lie the devil comes along and tells us. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We fall in the same old category as everybody else out in the world, talking all that negativity. If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. Hallelujah. Instead of singing, there's power in the blood. Hallelujah. We've signed up to be on He Hall Show. Singing gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Oh, and I, I, I can't tell you how many Holy Ghost claim field people I've heard make the statement. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's why I say we don't believe John 14, 14 yet. Yet the church will ever Step into that promise and believe that promise. There won't be half as many cancers taking our loved ones away. Hello, somebody. 
we'll actually see like it has done before. We'll see the dead raised. Blinded eyes open, death ears unstopped. You think any of that will ever happen again? Let me tell you something. You need to wake up and smell the coffee percolating. It happens every day in these other countries. It happens in the Philippines and the third world nations. Because when you go and tell those people something that the book says, they accept it. They're not, they don't have the intellect that we Americans got. We don't, they don't try to analyze everything. Never will forget what Brother Penrod told me the time when I went to Haiti with him. He told me, he says, now after you get through preaching, he said, do not. He said, if you wore out after preaching, he said, and you're not ready to stand up there and lay hands on people for at least two hours after you preach, he said, don't ask somebody to come for prayer. I said, say what? He said, they'll take you at your word. Hello? What a promise. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let me give you one more promise quickly before I move on to the third and final thing I'm going to talk about. John 14, chapter 1. Two and three. You know the verse that Ronnie stole from me a while ago. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, words of Jesus, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a promise. That's a promise we should, this church age shouldn't forget. I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what's going on in politics. I don't care what's going on in modern religion. That, you know that dead, dry stuff that most people go and sit in, uh, in, the, in the first church or the refrigeration where you can't feel no spirit. Nobody lifts no hands. Nobody says praise God. Nobody gives glory to God. Let me tell you something. That is a dead church. That's the church I don't want no part of. Hello, somebody. Jesus said, I will come again. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. That's a promise he made. Some people have said, well, you know, it's been over 2,000 years ago. You know, I've heard that saying all my life. He's going to come again. Well, he made the promise 
If Jesus said it, that settles it. I didn't, I didn't say what I saw on a bumper sticker one time. If Jesus, I said on, saw on a bumper sticker one time, if Jesus said it, I believe it, and that settles it. If Jesus says it, no matter if I believe it or not, that settles it. It's settled. He said, I will come again. There, my Lord, are so many more promises. But I got to go to the third and final point in my message of things we need to remember. The third, remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. Let's read those scriptures. It'll be the last scriptures for today. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, somebody say now. In Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Church, don't never let the devil cause you to forget where you come from, where you have been. There are some of you sitting in here right now that if it wasn't for the hand and intervention of God, you might not even have a house to live in. You may be a drunker on Skid Row. You may be a dope addict shooting up pills, coming and going. I'm, I, and I'm fully persuaded that if you hadn't come to God when you did, you wouldn't even be in the land of living right now. You'd be laying six foot under some tombstone somewhere. And you know that's the truth. You know that's the truth. We should never forget where we was, where we were at, and where we were headed when Jesus turned things around in our life. Glory! I remember that, that, that old that, that movie. I remember watching that movie, The Green Mile. Anybody remember that movie? I, and that one little upstart guard had a hold of that guy to get him out of the truck, bringing him down on death row. He was walking. Dead man walking here. Dead man here. Dead man walking. 
I did a little research when I saw that movie, and I found out there was a time they used to actually do that on death row in some states. That when they took a man out of the cell and, and leading him to the death chamber, they would, they would say, dead men walking here. You know what? I don't want to never forget that at one time I was on death row. I was walking. I, I, I was headed towards destruction. There was, there was no way out for me. But Jesus turned it around. If you're glad he turned it around your life, turn and look at somebody and say, he turned it around for me. Hallelujah. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Many times politicians, when they get to Washington, D.C., forget who sent them there. And they forget where they come from. And a lot of people in the corporate world who make it to the top of the ladder, once they get there on the top rung of the ladder, they forget what it's like to be at the bottom of the food chain. Amen? You know, once you get up there, you're making that six-figure number a year. Sometimes some of those folks get, forget what it's like to barely make minimum wage. They, for, they forget about that. But the saddest, and I, I'm fixing to close, the saddest of all are Christians who show no love, no compassion, no forgiveness and are always condemning somebody else because they forgot how they used to be. Hello, somebody. That's how come you ought to never look down on nobody else. The only one that's high enough to look down on somebody else is God. He's the higher up. Hallelujah. Remember where you come from. These are things that we should never forget. And if we remember these things, it'll make our life better, more profitable, and we can do more for the kingdom of God. Let's stand together. If anybody wants prayer today, we'll give you an opportunity to pray.